listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning, church. Oh, you're going to give me a minute. I don't know if that song touched you, but it sure was ministering to my heart. Um, before we get started, and before I can share what God's really doing in my heart this morning, is uh, I just want to remind you guys, we got something that... Uh, that God's doing uh, in our community that's awesome is that uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, we're having a community-wide prayer event at the Jenkins County Courthouse. Um, it's, it was a couple pastors sitting around a table one day and said, that'd be a good thing. And I was the only one that really lived here, and they was like, well, Jeremy, find out if, who all wants to come. And then you look at who had to plan all of it. But God's blessed it, and it's awesome because we have, we're going to have about 10 or 12 churches represented there, so I encourage you guys to come. We're going to be praying for our community. We're going to be praying for our leaders. We're going to be praying for our churches, for God to do something in an amazing way. We're going to be praying for this election that's coming up. So y'all be, y'all just, uh, I'm just going to encourage you guys to come. It's tonight at 6 o'clock at the Jenkins County Courthouse. All right? So are you going to be there, right? Yes, sir. Look at there. All right. All right. All right. And, uh, and if you hadn't noticed, we're baptizing today. Kyle has uh, many different jobs that he does. And I guess none of y'all knew he was a janitor too. Bless his heart, I appreciate Kyle. He's sweeping up the water. The baptism has a hole in it and it's leaking, so I got to preach fast so we don't run out of water. So uh, y'all, thank y'all for that. Just be in prayer that the water does not leak out of baptism. Um. Something God's really been burdening my heart with this past week is uh, that song is that we would, the Holy Spirit would be above and behind us, in front and below us. And I probably got all that mixed up. God's called us to step out from our comfort zone. God's called us to step out from this complacency, this dry face that we're in. He's called us into a relationship with him, church. That isn't about a bunch of rules. It's not about just, well, I got to read my Bible. It ain't that I have to, it's that I get to. God's been really burdening me that we've got so many people that have missed the whole point of what following Christ is. It isn't that I get to go to heaven. It's that I get to follow Jesus. Because what he did in my life, so many of us walk through this life dry, with no power, with nothing. We keep falling over the same things. We keep falling in the same rut every single week. There's no deliverance. There's no difference in our life than than from the moment we got pulled out of the water. We have not changed. Following Christ is not about getting baptized. It's about walking with the Savior that died for you. Amen? Amen. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, and he's just been crushing me this week and this morning. I don't know what he's going to do. Y'all just better be ready. I don't know what he's going to do. I hope he does something extraordinary in your heart this morning. But God's calling us out of a dry place. If you're here this morning and you're in a dry place, I hope you leave here you fully saturated with the Holy Spirit. We kind of think that we can do this on our own. Just because we come to church, we follow some rules, then we're saved and we're good. No. 
If you're not allowing the Holy Spirit, if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, and if you're not being guided by the Holy Spirit, you don't know Jesus. I'm just here to tell you. If you're just coming in and going out and not allowing the God to change you, then what are you doing? Who are you trying to impress? Because you're trying to impress God. We get caught up in the South if we go to church. That's the thing to do. And it's not the thing to do. It's what you should do because God gave his son for you. We we want to follow him. We should be all out, sold out to God. And why so many people don't experience the Holy Spirit in their life is because they're not really serious about following God. Not really serious about this hunger and desire. I wish, I told the prayer group, I wish some people could feel the way I feel some days. Not that I'm this super spiritual guy. I'm just an ordinary man, but when... When I've done something wrong, I hurt because I know it hurt God. Do you hurt when you do things that doesn't please God? Because if you hurt, you couldn't live in a way that don't please him. It just, it just don't happen. When you see people that don't know Christ, that, that continue to play games with God, it does, does it bother you? Does it give you a knot in your stomach? Some Sundays I get up and leave out of here and I almost feel like I need to throw up. Because people just don't get it. They're caught up in right now. Here we are coming to this service. I'm going to go home and there's going to be no change in my life. The Holy Spirit changes things. And the reason there's no difference in your life is because you're really not surrendered to God and really have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. So many of us paint, we, like, we think the Holy Spirit is this weird thing that, that just comes on people. And it's the, it's, it is the spirit of the living God that comes in the life of a believer that empowers us to live this life courageously for Jesus. You show me a man that's standing out and living for Christ, I'll show you a man that's full of the Holy Spirit. A man that cowards down, that don't live it out, that comes to, just comes to church, I'll show you a man that's dry and don't really know who Jesus is. Because when I really realized who Jesus Christ was, everything changed. Not just one thing. My desires changed. My wants changed. I wanted to please God with every ounce of my being. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Most of us want these mountaintop experiences with God. We read these books and we read, man, these awesome moves of God. We want to experience those. Do you want to experience that? Anybody? Anybody? You can raise your hand. You can raise both hands. Anybody want to experience that? I want to experience these, these. I want to see God do amazing things. I want to see God come in and change a community. I want to see God come in and change families. That doesn't just happen. God's going, God wants to use us for things to change, for everything to happen. We have to be willing to be obedient to God. The reason we're not seeing God move in our churches is because we're not willing to be obedient. We're obedient up until it costs us something. I can't stop that because that might cost me my job. That might cost me my friends. That might cost me my reputation. But when you're, fully filled, when you're truly filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't care about those things because all you want is Jesus. All you want is Jesus. You don't care who, who's, who's happy, who's mad at you. Because you know that you're pleasing Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've got caught up in this whole planting this church thing to where people 
talk bad about me and people were slandering my name and people were lying about this church and it made me so mad. And I had a good friend of mine tell me this two weeks ago. He said, Jeremy, is Christ enough? Is Jesus Christ enough? Because you can't put your identity in that church. Is Christ enough for you, church? Is he your reason you get up in the morning? Is he the reason that you desire to be different? Is he the reason that you stood up and said, I have decided to follow Jesus? Is he the reason or did you do it out of any other thing? Out of obligation, out of seeing somebody else do it, out of, out of just wanting to, to look holy. Why? Because if you wanted to do it that way, that didn't, that didn't mean anything. It's truly giving your life to Jesus. When I read Acts 4, which we're going to be tonight today, Acts 4, verse 23 through 31, when I read that, this, this happens right after two of the disciples, right after they come from being locked up because they were sharing their faith. They were sharing the gospel. They came back to everyone else. I put this into context. What, what, if, what if me and Rick what if, what if we were locked up in Jenkins County Jail because we were sharing the gospel in Millen and they released us and, we came, and y'all had service this morning and we came here? Would y'all be excited or would you be like, hey, get out of here. I don't want to go to jail. Would you be excited? Because that's what just happened. They, they, James and John, they got out of jail. They came. Peter and John, sorry. And they came back in, in verse 23. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They said, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's Plot in vain. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his holy anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city that conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and miracles through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, when you read that, people were, up, that people were against the gospel. People were against what, what Pontius Pilate and what they said, what the, uh, what the Herod, let me go back, I'm sorry. What the priest and the chief priest had said to them was, look, don't talk about Jesus. Don't, they, they, they told them, don't share Jesus. Is that what I, isn't that what is being said in society today? The moment you start talking about Jesus, people turn on you. And that is exactly the reason why the churches are powerless right now because we don't want to talk about Jesus. 
And some of us that do talk about Jesus are talking about somebody that we've read about and that we don't know. The only way that we're going to be, a, we're going to see a move of God, the only way you're going to see God do things in your life is that you have to really surrender your life to God. When I read this, I see people, I see four things. I see, number one, I see that people, they were surrendered to him. I see that their lives, number two, their lives were centered around him. They were centered around Jesus. They were centered around God. I see people that were praying fervently. Prayer was very valuable. And I see people that were submitted to him. So as we continue, let me pray for us. Father God, as we go forward, Lord, I pray that these four things, that there's known of these people, Lord, that God, the reason your Holy Spirit fell in such a way, the reason that place was shaken, the reason things were shaken up because they were devoted to you, God. Their lives were centered on you, Father. That God, they understood what it meant to pray. And that, Lord, they listened. Lord, oftentimes we have all the ingredients for the recipe, but we never make the cake. So God, I pray today, Lord, that you would reveal to us what we need to change in our lives, Lord. Lord, we need to be... God, we need our eyes open, Lord, to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you to move in our lives, God. We need you to speak to our hearts, God. Make us realize, Lord, this isn't just a service, it's an opportunity to meet you. God, move in a mighty way. Touch our hearts and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I read those four things, that's the characteristics of a, like a recipe for a bomb. When, we are, when, when my life is totally surrendered to God, when, when I'm centered around Jesus, when I'm praying wholeheartedly in prayer, and I'm being submissive to God, he's going to do some amazing things in my life. You know why? Because I've seen him do it. Not just in my life, but in other people's lives that have really been sold out to God. But I've also seen people that have rode the church pew for 20 years and have not seen God move in their life one time. You know why? Because they're not interested in knowing God. They just want to be recognized as a follower. And I'm not being prophetic by any means, but... I can look at the writing on the wall and there's some things coming in our country in the future that's going to cause us, it's going to separate the sheep from the goats. It's going to separate those that really do love Jesus and care about him than those that are just playing games. And you've got to decide for yourself, is that going to be me? Am I really going to be serious about following Jesus? Because if you do, it starts, number one, with surrender. 23 through 20, I mean, 24 through 26, it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you've made the heavens and the earth, the seas and everything in them. You've spoken by the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of your servant David. And then he goes on through the rest of that. But in the beginning of that, I honestly believe that the, the, the beginning of surrendering your life to Christ, if you have to realize how big God is, do you realize how big God is? So many times we look at God and we try to make him comparable to a man. And that don't work. I mean, God created the heavens and the earth. He's allowing you to breathe right now. 
And the reason you haven't died yet, because he, number one, he's either giving you a second chance, or number two, he's got a purpose for you to accomplish. God's, God's, I can't tell you how thankful I am that God allowed me to see him clearly. I used to see him as this genie in the lamp that I just went to and prayed when I had problems. He's supposed to poof, answer them. But he's so much bigger. He's so much grander. When, I, when me and Sabrina, we went, and, and we went skydiving a couple years ago. And yes, yeah, Sabrina went skydiving. And when we jumped out of the airplane, in that moment, everybody was hollering. And in that moment, I was like, I just realized how little and insignificant I am. We think way too much of ourselves. And we have to realize that God created you for a reason. Why wouldn't you serve the God that created you? Why wouldn't you surrender your life to him? Instead, we act like we're God and he has to serve us. Why do we think that? We need to change our perspective and realize, hey, look, I am so small that I need to surrender my life to the God that created me. Surrender means what? It means that you give God control of your life. You give, him, you give over the control of your life to God, dying to yourself, relying on God to direct you. Why do you think Jesus said so many times, you must die to yourself. You should take up your cross and follow me. It means that we, we, we stop doing life like we used to do it that satisfied us and we start doing life in a way that pleases God. You won't encounter the Holy Spirit in your life until you surrender your life to Jesus. Amen. Stop doing the same old junk expecting different results. It's not going to happen. Why are you still trying to control your own life? Why are you still trying to control things? See, that's, that's one thing that I realized when I first started following Jesus, that I was trying to modify my behavior so that I didn't cuss or so that I didn't act out or so I didn't get mad. But modifying your behavior only happens so long. Eventually, you get tired of modifying your behavior. And you go back to the person you once were. You know why? Because there never was a true change in your heart. And that's what surrender and says, God, I'm, I'm relinquishing the control of my heart to you. And God, fill it with what you want me to have. Have you surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ, church? Because that's the first step in experiencing the Holy Spirit. And, and I really think that that's where it all begins because when, when you recognize that Jesus is Lord and you surrender your life to him, your next step is to center your life on Christ. To center your life on Christ. I don't know any of you that's seen a wheel that the bearing was wore out on and it was out of circle. So instead of that wheel smooth, going smooth, instead of it going like it needs to, it starts warping, and it won't really, it won't, it won't roll that well. It won't, go, it won't go as good as it needs to go. And that's that's one of the things is being centered. The center was off. When your center is off, your life ain't gonna go as smooth as it's supposed to go. And life is not gonna go smooth either way. Let me back that up. Somebody's gonna think I'm preaching. You follow Jesus, everything's gonna go good. No, sometimes it gets worse, but it makes you, it helps you handle those situations better. But a lot of you, you're struggling with the stuff in your life because your center's off. You're still trying to center life around you and trying to have God on the side, and it don't work that way. You won't encounter the Holy Spirit in your life until you really center your life on Jesus 
What does that mean? That means he is the center of your life. You live for him. You breathe for him. You work for him. You do for him. It's not for you. Is your life centered on Jesus? We got a lot of people in churches that are powerless because their life is not centered on Jesus. And they're not encountering the Holy Spirit. You will never encounter the Holy Spirit until you center your life on Jesus Christ. See, when you center your life on Jesus, when you center your life on God, you're active in repentance. See, so many people paint this picture that when you get saved, you're holy. How many of you, when you got saved, you automatically turned holy? All right. I'm not alone. But they paint that picture. So what happens is you think that the moment you get saved, that you're supposed to automatically not struggle with nothing. So then the minute you don't struggle with something, what happens is the minute you start struggling, you think, well, okay, well, that means God, that means it, just, it, didn't, it didn't work. It means it didn't work. I, I, I just, I don't know what happened, but the prayer didn't work. I need to pray again. I need to get baptized again. I know a guy that's been baptized 13 times. 13 times. You've been baptized 13 times. I'm like, dude, you need to figure out why it didn't stick the first time. Why, why you keep coming back? Because the reason you keep coming back is because you still have your life centered on you and not on God. The moment you center your life on him, things change. See, the thing is with repentance, when your life is centered on God, it's just when you do mess up. It's not. When you do mess up, because you, you are going to mess up. When, when your life is centered on God, you are truly repentant. It's like, God, I am broken of my sin. I'm broken of my sin. It's not that I'm looking for a get-out-of-jail-free pass. You admit you're wrong. and You're like, God, I don't want to do that again. You're broken by your sin, so you're trying to pursue God and saying, God, help me get this out of my life. I've shared so many times where there was things in my life that God, I knew that didn't please God, and I couldn't rid it on my, in my own self. So what did I do? I fasted and prayed. I was intentional because I wanted to please God. How many times have you been intentional about trying to get sin out of your life? Because that's evidence of the Holy Spirit. See, living a life that pleases God is hard. It's hard. And we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't please God without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus, that's why God sent the Holy Spirit to enable us to live this life out. But you have to listen a lot of us have a problem with listening. No amens, huh? How many, I mean, don't raise your hand. But, but, but who up in here is, is, is stubborn? Nobody's stubborn. I told you not to raise your hand. See, y'all don't listen. We, we stubborn. We want to do it our way. We got the best way. We can figure it out. That's why us men, we don't like to read directions. If we would read the directions, we would get stuff put together a whole lot faster. Dallas reads directions. <laughs> God's given us the directions. God's gave us the directions right here. Submit and center your life on him, and he will lead you. Stop trying to do it on your own. See, centering our life on God is, is, is the most important thing because you won't experience the Holy Spirit unless you are centered on God because, let me tell you something, God will use a broken vessel but he won't use a dirty one. And you've heard me say that a lot, and you'll keep hearing me say that a lot. 
because we're all broken, we're all flawed. But he can patch a flaw. God wants you to come to him to help you clean up your mess. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to clean up your own life because you can't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I kept failing. And finally, God just like, hey, what did I tell you? If you truly love me, you will follow me. If you truly love me, you will obey me. I was like, God, I don't know how to do this. And that's when I started fasting. Fasting takes you out of a comfort zone. Fasting takes you out of control. It's like, God, I'm about to die today. I'm, I'm hangry. I'm, I'm, being a, I'm being mean. I need a Snickers. I need something, but I'm not going to eat this, God, because I want you more than this. Do you want God more than your own comfort? Because then it shows if you're centered on him. A life centered on God is essential to be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when we, when we are truly, truly desiring God to use us, when you truly want God to use you, and you truly want to see others changed, when you truly want those things, and when you're seeking God with all your heart, you'll start seeing fruit in your life. You'll start seeing a change. You'll start seeing a difference. You'll start being different than what you used to be. And when those things start happening, that's when you'll start seeing the Holy Spirit show up in your life. Can, can, anybody, can anybody attest to me on that? How, how, many, how many people in here we got that's truly been following Christ for a long time that you've seen as soon as you started truly centering your life on God and following him? And, 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 and when you started seeing fruit in your life, then you started seeing the Holy Spirit answer prayers and you started seeing God do stuff in your life that you never thought imaginable. Can I get some, can I get some hands up here? Look around you, people. Look around you, people. Why are you dry? Why are you settling for second rate? Why are you settling? See, one thing I've seen in verse 24 is that he says, when they heard this, when they heard everything going on around them, when they heard the people were suppressing them, when they heard these things, they raised their voices together in prayer. See, there was people, when there's people that are together, when there's people that are unified, things happen. What does God's word say? When two or three are gathering in my name, there I will be also. You hear what I'm saying? There's got to be a lot of unity. There's got to be unity in your heart between you and God, but there also has to be unity in the church body. If us as Connection Church wants to reach Jenkins County, then we have to be unified. Amen. It ain't my kingdom come, it's your kingdom come, God. We have to surrender what we want in order to please God. And there's so many times there's, there's people fighting against power and wanting control and wanting this, and they're mad that this didn't happen, they're mad that that didn't happen. In reality... Are you fighting for your kingdom or are you fighting for God's kingdom? And if we want, I mean, there's so many, there's so many churches that are just, the church, and I ain't gonna say churches, the church is broken because people are not unified. And that's what I pray that'll happen this, tonight, that there'll be unity in our community. We'll stop seeing denominational lines and start seeing Jesus. That's how we change the community. That's how you change your family. Are you and your spouse in unity? Are y'all walking the same path? Are y'all together in this walk? Because where there's unity, there is freedom. And there's the Holy Spirit. I wrote something down here. God was speaking to me. 
and I need God to decipher my writing. <laughs> but these people were also, they were unified with desiring God. They were not satisfied with where they were. If they were satisfied where they were, they would have been like, you know what? There's opposition. There's people that hate us. Let's go home. Let's go home. They didn't go home. They didn't quit. They didn't back down. Why? Because they were unified. They desired to see Jesus Christ made famous. Do you want to see Jesus made known? Do you want to see him glorified? Is that what you want? Then we need to be unified together, desiring God. I pray over, I prayed over a lot of you guys when you get saved that, 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 that God's the first thing you think about when you get up and he's the last thing you think about at night. That's why I pray for that myself and my wife every night because I want my life consumed with God. The reason so many people are dry and they're not being used by God and they keep falling into sin because they're not desiring more of God. They're happy with the little teaspoon they got. I don't want just a little bit. I want more of you, God. I want more. I want to be made. That's what this, this walk is. It isn't that God said, I will save you so that you can go to heaven. It's that we will grow more and more in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That means I'm, I'm shunning sin. If things in my life don't please God, I want to please God more than myself. So my desire is to please God. We won't encounter the Holy Spirit in the way God wants us to until we are desiring more of God. Are you happy where you are? Do you think you have arrived? Because if you think you have arrived, there's no room to grow. Church, I'm telling you, if you want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life, then your desire for God has to change. Do you desire to know more? See, they were unified together. They were unified. They were serving out of the right heart. They were, they were, their hearts were right. That's why they all came together. Why are you serving? Those of you that serve. Are you serving out of obligation? Are you serving because you're supposed to? Are you serving out of the heart to, to, to glorify God? Are you serving orange, back there in orange, when you serve those kids, are you serving those kids so you can tell those kids the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you serving blue so that when people are coming in this building, you can, you can show them Jesus by a smiling face and somebody that's happy to have them here instead of somebody saying, hey, you in my seat, get up. I mean, why do you serve? Why do you serve? Because oftentimes that reveals things in our heart. See, they were unified with the same mission. They were unified with the same purpose. Their mission was to proclaim Jesus, they were, they, were, they were going out and sharing the gospel. And if we took a poll, I bet hardly any of us in this room today shared the gospel this week with anybody because we missed the mission. We think church is about me. It's about me getting fed, my comfort, me. But no, it's about empowering you to go out and tell the world about Jesus. Amen. That's what it's about. Amen. It's not about just coming to this service. That's why we do connect groups so that we are, are localized in an area and we're, 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 we're learning together. We're teaching each other what it means to really follow Christ so that we can go out and be a witness. We can go out and plant more, more connect groups to infect our county even more with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it don't change unless you really truly want Jesus. That's what one thing that got me is, you know, 
we, we, we grew really fast, and then it's kind of, you know, we started preaching about sin, and, you know, people don't want to show up, and you start preaching on sin. We went from 210 to last week, we were running about 150. And I was like, man, what, what in the world? What in the world? It was like, and God kind of spoke to me. He's like, look, you just preach. If they want it, they'll come. If you want to change, you'll change. If you want to play games, you'll keep playing games. But it ain't up to me. It's up to you to respond to God. Are you going to follow God? Are you? He's made all the opportunity. They were centered. See, and that, that's why we do heart and soul too here. We're a church that we want to hold each other accountable. We want to do that. If, if you're walking in a, in a sin, in sin that doesn't please God, that's why we have people sign the heart and soul covenant that says, okay, I agree with what Connection Church believes. I agree with, 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 your, with how you say your standard. I agree with those things. So my life should line up to this. So I'm going to sign that saying, I agree with that. And I'm going to live my life for this. I, I'm going to, I know that I understand that I need to be in community. So I'm going, to sign, I'm going to sign so that I know I need to get in a connect group so I can grow. I'm, I'm, also, I'm also agreeing that, that you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve too because I want to serve God. So when you sign that, that's why we can hold each other accountable. Not so we can, we can be policemen of saying, oh, you sin, you can't serve. No, because that was the case. No, couldn't none of us serve. I couldn't even preach. We all fall short. But if you're living in sin, if you're continually living in a way that doesn't please God, it's our obligation, it's my obligation to come to you and say, brother, sister, what's wrong? Because our goal is to be unified in our lives together of pleasing God, amen? We should be unified in that. And if you're not living it out, if you're, if, you're trying, if you're trying to paint the picture that you're doing right, but you're really not, we're not unified. So we want that. They were unified. And the last thing I seen in here was about prayer. They were together in prayer. See, prayer is the key that unlocks the door to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Prayer, prayer so, so many of us do a lot of talking to God, we don't do a lot of listening. We want, to, we, want to, we want to sit on our knees and we want to give God our grocery list of wants and then it's amen. We treat God like he's a genie in the lamp. We want to come in, we want to stroke in three times, give him my three wishes and let me get out of here because I don't have time for you, God. In reality, prayer is when we, when we talk to God and then we listen. See, whenever I look in different times in God's word, when the Holy Spirit showed up and did amazing things, this when people were praying but they wouldn't pray and God, relieve, relieve this, this problem I'm in. God, help this stress I'm under. They were saying, God, help me cope with this situation so that I can give you glory. Not remove me from this situation. See, when we pray, it enables us, guys, to, to just to do so much more. If you want to experience the Holy Spirit, I'm t- you got to come to God in a reverent way. You got, to, you got to realize who you're talking to. We're not talking to Santa Claus. We're, we're, we're talking to God. The God that can say, you're dead right now. We're talking to that God. Holds your life in the palm of his hand. We're talking to that God. We should come to him in a reverent way. Come to God in reverence. And I, I mean, I think also you should have confidence in who you're talking to. 
Knowing that if I am, if my life, if I'm surrendered to God and I'm centered on Jesus Christ and I come to God and pray, he's going to answer my prayers if it's in his will. Amen? So many of us, we come up to God and it's like we're, we're, just, we're just throwing stuff in the air like maybe it'll happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen. If I got cancer and somebody's praying for me to get healed, I don't want somebody throwing a maybe it'll happen prayer. I want somebody that's going to come to me and say, I have confidence in my God. I've seen him do it before, and I know he can do it again. If it's in his will, he will heal you. Let me tell you, that's the type of prayer. You have to want to be that type of person. So many times we're like, we're in the South, so everybody should know this analogy. We're, we're, like, we're like, we got the shotgun full of birdshot, and we want to shoot it at that wall, and it scatters everywhere. That's what our prayers are. God help me, Lord help Lord. Heal the dog and help Sister Sally and do this and give me some more money and Lord, this one's got a cold. We throw all these prayers out and it just it scatters everywhere. But the way you penetrate that wall is not birdshot. It's a focused single shot. See, I used to throw those blanket prayers out of praying for family and friends. I say, Lord, please save my family. Lord, please save my friends. Birdshot. I had a pile of friends. I had a pile of family. But when I realized what focused prayer would do, I started praying specifically. I started praying specifically for friends and family. And there's a few of you in this room that's been on my prayer list. And I've been praying for you guys. And to see you raise your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus, that's what shows me the power of focused prayer. Some of us need to stop throwing these blanket prayers out there and we need to pray specifically and saying, God, do this with confidence knowing he can. That's when you see the Holy Spirit show up and do amazing things in your life. What do you, what do you need to focus on this morning? What, what do you need to focus on? What do you say, God, I need, I need to focus on this. Lord, Lord, please help me in this. See, what I, what I see in these people when they were praying is they wasn't praying about themselves. They wasn't praying about God, God, help me. Get me out of this situation. They were saying, God, help me be more bold for you. It was, Lord, help me for you. It wasn't about them. It was they wanted, they wanted to be able to please God with every bit inside of them. They were praying for boldness. When's the last time you prayed for boldness? Or have you ever prayed for boldness? Most of the time we cower down and we don't want to offend nobody. But we need to be praying for boldness. Boldness to stand out from the crowd. Boldness to stop being lazy and start obeying God. Boldness to turn from our sin and, and stop basting in it. Stop just being okay with where we are, but turn from it. Boldness to speak the truth about the gospel. Well, you, you want to see what the Holy Spirit can do in your life? You start praying for boldness. Praying for God to give you the boldness at work, the boldness at home, the boldness at the grocery store. Step out. Step out. See, so many times we think that the Holy Spirit just enables us to speak in tongues. Oh, I, I, don't, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. That's them, you know, you, people that had the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. They, they're crazy. But it ain't, about, it ain't about that. 
Yes, it is a gift of the Spirit. That, that, that is a reality that will happen sometimes. Certain people have certain spiritual gifts they can speak in tongues. But the reality of the Holy Spirit is not for you to speak in tongues. It's for you to proclaim God's good news boldly. And why would he give you the gift of tongues if you're not professing it boldly with your English you have right now? Why? We need to pray say, God, give me the boldness to stand out. And if your life is not surrendered, if your life is not centered, you're not going to be bold, and you're not going to desire to be bold. See, what I love about these people is that they were praying in such a way that it took their eyes. They were, they were bringing their situation to God, but it wasn't about their situation. It was God, you know this situation. They were looking through their situation to God. How many of you have been looking through the bad situation to God? So many times we're focused on this situation we're in. We're focused in this, you're focused on this bad marriage or you're focused on this, on this bad boss you have or all this stuff. But why, we, just, we just pray about that instead of saying, God, help me, Lord. You see this situation. You know how horrible it is. But Lord, help me be bold in this. Help me honor you in this. Because reality, sometimes he got you with this bad situation to push you closer to him. See, verse uh, 29. He says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And he continues, he says, Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders and through the name of your Holy Spirit, Holy Servant, Jesus Christ. But he says, the beginning of 29, he says, Look, consider their threats and, and enable your servants to speak. He said, look, there, there, there are threats that's going on, but it, was, it wasn't just saying, God, look, look, not just bring your prayers to him, but also acting on those prayers. How many times have you prayed and expected God to answer and you acted on it? I read a book here recently, and, and, and in it, it says that we should pray. We need to pray knowing that it's all on God, and we need to work like it all depends on us. We need to pray and expect God to do things in our life and start walking those steps out. In ministry, I was so scared to, I was going to make the wrong decision. And, you know, God's gifted me with a very wise woman I'm so, so thankful for. Sabrina, one day I was all in a mess one day, like, Lord, do, do I, this church wants me to be the pastor? This church wants me to be the pastor? What, what do I need to do? And Sabrina's like, I, don't, you know, I, I just don't feel it. And here I am like, well, you, you know, I'm closer to God than you are. So, of course, you don't feel it. And she's like, look, Jeremy, I'm telling you, I just don't feel like we need to take this church. And I'm like, okay, so next church. This happened three times, four times. The last one, I was like, this is it. This is, this is it. I'm finna lose my shot to be able to do what God's called me to do. And Sprinter said, Jeremy, if you don't feel like this is it, God's not going to let you miss what he's got planned for your life. So I didn't take that step. But when the opportunity came to do this, I, had to, I, I, took, I started running as hard as I could go because I knew that's where God called me to be. Why did I do that? Because I kept praying, God, use me. God, use me. God, show me where you want me. God, use me. That was my prayer, and it still is. Are you praying for God to use you? Are you praying for God to show you? Are you praying, Lord, help me make those steps? Some of you will never know what the Holy Spirit can do in a life that surrendered to his because you won't take those steps. 
about surrender. It's about being centered and it's about prayer. You see, I think the last thing is so important is about submission. It's about listening. It's about submitting to God. We can only hear from the Holy Spirit if we yield to him. See, those men in the book of Acts, the reason God did so much in the book of Acts is because those people were submitted in their life to God. They heard what he said and they obeyed him. They were listening to what he says. Obedience is the key. You do what I say. You do what God says do. Simple. We complicate things. We, quite, we kind of qualify it. I'll do it, God, if, uh, if it feels right. I'll do it, God, if, 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 you know, if I think it's going to please my, my spouse. Or, you know, if it don't, though, you know, I wouldn't count on it. You're talking to God here. Come on. We need to do it to please God. The Holy Spirit can speak to you, but you have to act on it. And one of the things that's so sad is that we often resist the Holy Spirit. And when we resist him, the more you resist the Holy Spirit, the more dull your ears become. Until one day you won't even hear him telling you to do anything. We have to be submissive. Sabrina and I were talking Friday night, and uh, sometimes I think I just need to hand her to mic and let her preach, because sometimes she just, she's got to give her to preach to me. She don't talk, but let me tell you something, she's got some wisdom in her. Which sometimes I wonder why she married me, but thank you. Love you, Chad. <laughs> but we were talking Friday night, and Sabrina said, you know, she said, she was talking about last Sunday, and she said, you know, Jeremy, often I'll feel the Holy Spirit telling me to go to the altar and pray, but I won't go because I'm scared what people are going to think about me. I'm scared what they're going to say. You know, there's a preacher's wife going to the altar. What is she doing? She said, but last Sunday, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to go to the altar. She said, I didn't know why. She said, but I went to the altar. She said, when my feet hit the floor, she said, I got consumed by the presence of God. Have you ever been consumed by the presence of God, church? I mean, really consumed by the presence of God. Because in those moments is when I don't want him to let go. In those moments is where I understand what heaven is going to be like. And it's like, God, don't leave me. God, don't stop. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want this feeling to end. And then when he leaves, I want to make sure that I'm living a life so that I get to feel his presence again. See, heaven is not about getting your, your out-of-jail-free card. It's not about surrendering you from hell. It's about you, God, giving you the opportunity to spend eternity in his presence. And you'll never encounter that unless you surrender to God. He wants to use you, but are you going to surrender that to him? So many people have such a dry, dead faith. It's because they never truly, never truly surrendered. Never truly surrendered. You will never encounter the overwhelming presence of God until you submit to what he's telling you to do. So, I mean, if you want to see God do things, if you want to see God move in your family, if you want to see God move in this community, you got to submit. What's God been telling you to do that you haven't done? Because guess what? He's not going to tell you anything else to do until you do what he told you to do in the first place. 
And there's a lot of you that's like, God hadn't spoke to me in forever. You know why? Because you hadn't done what he told you to do 10 years ago. Go back to that moment and say, God, show me. I, I, people look at, me when I, look at me when I talk about the Holy Spirit like I'm crazy sometimes, but my, my God is still in the healing business. Amen? My God is still in the delivering business. Amen? My God can do amazing things. You know why I know that? Because I've seen him do it in my life. Come talk to me and Sabrina. I'll tell you how God can miraculously save a marriage. Only through prayer and surrender, that can happen. God did that. You can't tell Rick and Kim that God is not a healer that can take away cancer. You can't tell them that. They know that. You can't tell Ms. Barbara and Mr. Albert that God can't heal people because God has. And so many times we think that healing is about, you know, me. But let me tell you something. Truly believing God can do it and getting on your knees and praying and interceding for somebody else is such a huge witness. But the reason you don't pray for those things, the reason you don't pray for big things is because you have such a narrow view of what God can do. And maybe this morning you need to open your, get God to open your mind to so say, God, help me understand how big you really are. God, move in my heart so that I can surrender these things to you. It all starts with you. You look at, everybody looks at the preacher every Sunday and is like, all right, Jeremy, tell me something. I can't make you change. It's on you. I can't make you love Jesus. It's on you. I can't make you live for Christ. It is on you. What's God telling you today? What's God telling you today? If the Spirit is active in your life, you're going to grow. So if you're not growing, if you're, not, if you're not really desiring God, if you're just going through the motions, then you need to ask yourself, God, God where have I missed it? God, God what's, what's going on? What's happening? So many times we give all these excuses and we don't just dive in. All the excuses why we're, not, why we're not experiencing, why these things aren't happening, but we don't just dive on in. See, some of y'all missed a huge blessing. We had a connector appreciation where we appreciated all of the people that served last, last night. And, and, and in there, you know, just crazy stuff happens at my house sometimes. And there's a little kid that threw a football in the pond. And, and that, that football was in the pond. And so some of you know, the, the most logical thing was go in and get it, right? Well, the water was cold. They didn't want to get their feet wet. You know, they didn't have an extra change of clothes. You know, everybody had their excuses. Why they didn't just jump in there and get it? So they tried to rework the wheel. So they, so they, they tied a rope around my broom, and then eventually they lost my broom. <laughs> and what happened is the ball kept going further in the pond. And finally, finally this fella, <laughs> I look over there, and he's like, Jeremy, how much how much you think you give me to jump in the water? I was like, I got $20. He starts taking his shirt off, and he's, he's nothing but his blue jeans. And next thing you know, he runs and dives in the water, as cold as it is, gets the ball, brings it all back. And the broom. And the broom. All that time, they were sitting there wasting on the shore. All that time, they were wasting on the shore. He dove in and got it in a matter of seconds. So many of you have been wasting time 
and wasting your life pursuing things that don't matter. You've been making excuses of why God's not doing stuff in your life or why you, why, why you can't read your Bible, why you can't focus on God, why, 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 why. You've been giving all these excuses. And I'm calling you today to dive in. Get your feet wet. Stop making excuses today. Stop making excuses. Chad sent me that text this morning, and that is directly, Chad was speaking to my heart. But there's so many of us that give all these excuses of why we're not used by God and why we don't experience God and why, 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 but we don't just realize that he's waiting for us just to jump in. So what's holding you back this morning? Why won't you jump in? Why won't you? Why, why are you holding back? God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us walk this thing out. If I had to guess, there's a lot of you in this room that's been trying to serve God from a dry place. That you've been going through the motions of religion, but you really haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. You really haven't had a life centered on Christ. Maybe today you need to give him your life and surrender to him. Maybe you need to surrender your life and say, that's me. I've been making excuses. I've been trying to change my behavior. But today's the day that I get my feet wet and I dive in. If that's you today, if that's you today, I just want to give you an opportunity. Raise your hand. And that's me. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendered. Amen. 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 Remember, our prayer team is going to grab you guys. I'm going to pray with you. stop looking around and think about your own life right now. What's God doing in your own life? What's God telling you right now that you need to change? I want you to really think about that. It's all about taking that next step. It's all about being serious. It's all about being intentional. We're not just going to haphazardly do life and then show up. God's called you to walk it out. He's giving you the grace. He's giving you the ability. You just got to obey him. If you're here today and you're going you're to get baptized today, if that's you today, I want you to stand up. If you're going to get baptized today, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I want you to celebrate. These people are taking that next step. You guys, you, you can step on back. Y'all can go ahead and step on back and be dismissed. All right. So the crowd is getting smaller and smaller as people are making their next step and people are taking their next step. Why haven't you? By not raising your hand, by not standing up and saying that, you know what? I'm okay with God. I'm, I'm good. Well, if we're not making an impact, then there's something wrong. There's nothing. If we're not really changing, something's wrong. What's the Holy Spirit been telling you to do that you haven't done? 
purpose of this message. It's what God's been birthing in my heart is that people would take God seriously. That you would take him serious, that you would desire him, that you would realize that he's more than any uncomfortable situation. He's more than this life. And he deserves us to have our lives centered on him. So what's going on in your life? The reason your life's not centered on him. What do you need? What needs to refocus in this morning? If you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. The very thing we need is God's presence. So have you not experienced God's presence? Maybe this morning you need to come and say, God, rid me of this stuff so that I can get in your presence. Maybe you need to pray like them, like the people in Acts and say, God, give me holy boldness to stand up. It's time for us as God's people to stop looking left and right and say it's their responsibility and start realizing that it's mine to be the witness. So when the band comes up and I, when I get through praying, the altar's open. If you need to pray with me, I'll be over here on the left-hand side of the stage. If God's speaking to you, come to this altar. Submit to what he's calling you to do. Don't worry about anything. The biggest thing is that we are obedient. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord. Lord, if we've been singing about your greatness, we've been singing about how we desire to have you consuming us and all around us, Lord. So many times we sing songs on Sunday morning that don't mean anything in our hearts, God. Lord, I pray that you would make it real to us today. God, I pray that it would be genuine today, Lord, that we would truly desire you, Lord, more than anything. God, I just wish people could feel, just wish people could understand I'm often, God, I'm often to the place to where I know how Paul feels, Lord, where he says that, that he would give up his, his opportunity to go to heaven if somebody would be saved because he understood what they're missing. But God, there's so many in this room don't understand what they're missing. But God, I beg you, Lord, to help us surrender our lives every day. God, help us be centered on you. Help us, God, realize that we're not as important as we think we are. God, I pray that you would just help us, Lord. Know you for who you are. God, I just pray that you would just help us release Stop worrying about what everybody thinks. What anybody's going to say, God, we just only worry about your approval, not nobody else's. <laughs> Help us, Lord, walk this out instead of just talking it, Lord. And do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.